I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to WFAN's Baseball Insiders. I'm Sweeney Murdy. It's Friday, February 18th. Pitchers and catchers have not reported because, as you might have heard, there is still an ongoing lockout to help us break down the current state of negotiations and when we might be seeing players back on the field is Evan Drellick from The Athletic, who's covered the labor situation inside and out for quite a while now. Evan, how are you today? Good morning, Sweeney. How are you? Uh, well, I wish I was in sunny Florida, um, yeah. but that's not the case yet. And uh, I don't know when we're going to get there. You've done a wonderful job of, of breaking down all the issues along the way in The Athletic, and I, I implore everybody to go read all the things that you and Ken Rosenthal and everybody else who's covering this for The Athletic um, have, have broken down so very well to get a real handle on the issues. I don't want to bore everybody with all the details of the issues right now, but there are some important things to get into, which is why I wanted to have you on here. Here's just my really first thing, Evan, is... The meeting on Thursday lasted about 15 minutes, yeah. and it's not the first one that's been like this. So far, I don't think they've broken an hour on any of these. Um, why are these meetings so short? So it's actually interesting. The meeting on Thursday that was 15 minutes didn't end in some sort of dramatic walkout where either side was demonstrably angry or, or scolding the other side. Sometimes these meetings are contentious, and there's yelling and there's venting. And you would expect that that's kind of inherent to the collective bargaining process, but probably it's the case that people from afar don't necessarily know how these meetings go. It's not like they're exchanging proposals. You know, one side gives its its proposals and the other side, uh, you know, scribbles on a piece of paper and then pushes it back to the other side. It's usually one side makes a presentation on whatever number of topics it's going to present on that day. And some days it's only a few topics. Other days, it's a lot of topics. And then other days you do build in time for yelling at each other. But what was happening on Thursday was the union was making uh, an updated proposal. Some of it was core economics. Some of it was other stuff. So, so not quite as important as those core topics. And on those core topics, there just weren't that many. It, it was a couple things that they were, they were updating. It wasn't like they were revising every part of their proposal. So it didn't take that long to deliver it. Now, Certainly the owner's reaction, the, the commissioner's office reaction to what the, the union proposed on Thursday wasn't good. They didn't like it. Uh, maybe if they had liked it, it would have lasted a bit longer. But basically what everybody involved keeps imploring is don't overread or don't even read too much into the, the time element to it. So in general, you know what would be good for the sport is if they were spending um a lot of time together. I, I think that I think that's a, a fair baseline at a certain point to get a deal done. You have to spend a lot of time. Um, but the fact that it was 15 minutes as opposed to 30, you know, not that big a deal. 
So what's wrong with then like the, 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 we used to, if I remember correctly, I'm a little bit older than you, but the 94, 95 work stoppage, this was pre-email and everything, you know, the technology has certainly helped the exchange of ideas, I would think, but you had to sit in a room to get everything out and you did it for hours at a time. Um, is, are there still things being like, are they passing emails back and forth at least and getting some work done that way? Or is it just every, each side gets their proposals together, they get together, let's exchange these ideas, and then we'll come back in a couple of days and go over it again. Yeah, there are, there are conversations that don't get as much publicity. For example, today, Friday, there are going to be some sort of meeting. There's going to be some sort of meeting either in person, it could be by Zoom, and that's going to be on the non-core topic. So not the, the meat and potatoes, economic stuff like the CBT, other things. And, and so th- those things have been happening, and, and sometimes we report them. I don't think every single instance has been reported. Even yesterday on Thursday, after they had the main meeting where the union presents its proposal to the league, you, you then had a sidebar conversation between the two lead negotiators, Dan Halem and Bruce Meyer. So you know, that was kind of part two of the day. You know, and again, at some point, and, and this might be as soon as next week, because we report and others reported that owners are now flying to New York, at least some owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're kind of right up against that deadline for if we're going to start the regular season on time, they got to get a deal done. So you might see simply more time spent in a room together starting next week. The um, the other things besides core economics that we're talking about, and there are some things that have, have been reported by you and other people about DH and about extended playoffs. Have they agreed on enough things that that once they get through the major core economics, this this goes quickly? Have they made progress in other areas that we're not talking about as much? Yeah, there's been some progress, and I would even consider DH uh, and expanded playoffs. Certainly, expanded playoffs because there's a large dollar figure attached to that, probably about 100 million a year, uh, if not more. Those I would consider core economics because it, it, it's it's one thing that the players can give to the owners that they want mm-hmm. uh, is is those core economics. But yeah, I, I think there has been some progress. For example, the joint drug agreement, uh, the domestic violence policy. The CBA is a long document. There's a yeah. lot of different subjects covered, and it's not clear to me, and I don't think it's been reported anywhere else at this point that they've they've finalized anything. Right. Um, but it, it also isn't at least apparent to us who are, who, co- who are covering it, that there's any major, you know, I, I don't think when they get the CBT worked out and the league minimum salary worked out and the draft order worked out that they're going to be fighting over, you know, some small detail on a non-core topic. It, 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 it's not presenting itself that way. That doesn't mean there isn't some disagreement there, but yeah, I, I, I think the reasonable, and it is an assumption, assumption is that they are making progress in non-core areas. So much of the lead up to this negotiation was about how much the players had lost over the previous couple of negotiations, which has put them in this position now of trying to win back a a great deal. Um, Now that we're, I mean, we're kind of up against it here. And and I understand there's resolve on the player's side, but realistically, what, what can they realistically win here? Where do the players actually have a real chance of making gains. Well, you know, it, in a way, it's it's the same as it would be at any point in time, kind of regardless of whether they've lost or won in the past. It's really as much as you want are willing to, on either side, owners or players, how much you're willing to weather 
in terms of lost paychecks mm-hmm. um, and, and how many games you're, you're willing to miss, you know, and, and your unity, right. You know, people, it's kind of a cheesy concept, but yeah. it really is the thing that um, for, for either side, the players or the owners will determine how far you go here. You know, if, if the owners stand there and say, you're not getting a penny more and they do that for months and months, maybe the players stop asking for pennies more. And, you know, by the same token, uh, if the players keep saying, we're not going to go back until you get the league minimum to X and you get the CBT to Y and uh, all the other list of topics, you know, I think the CBT is going to be an end game piece here. Um, but it, it, at a point, it felt like time to arbitration. How much, how many guys are eligible for arbitration are, are guys who are, um, in their second year, uh, two to threes in service time. It felt like that was going to end up being kind of an end game issue, but you know, the players just backed off of that, uh, that they, they lower their requests from a hundred percent of two to three guys to 80%. And there's also this pre-arbitration bonus pool that's coming in now. So maybe the pre-arbitration bonus pool eliminates the players need to, um, to get guys to arbitration earlier, their whole mission is to get more money. Right. And they right. haven't been, they haven't been really pointed to this point about, well, it's got to be in this very specific mechanism. So there's some flexibility on which specific things they, they want. And, and the interesting question at the end, Sweeney will be, you know, did they get enough that people look at it and go, you know what? Yeah. They, they, they made a real difference here. They, 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 if they didn't win the deal, they, certainly didn't lose the deal. You know, are we going to be saying that in a month or two or however long it takes? You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's explain a little bit more about the pre-arbitration pool and something, a question I have for you about it. I mean, this is basically for the players that are in the zero to two, zero to three window that are, you know, guys who are, who perform like Mike Trout, but are getting paid like any other first or second or third year player. Um, That's one of the things that they're trying to equalize here. Um, But Correct me if I'm wrong here, but if I'm doing this math correctly, it feels to me like the owners have a lot of room to give to the players here and make it feel like a win for the players. Um, because even if they, if, even if the owners come all the way up to say a hundred million dollars in this pre-arb pool, um, am I doing this right? That's a little over three million dollars per team, which is a lot more palatable for the owners than 
trying to make up ground on the free agent end or the competitive balance tax end and the tens of millions of dollars that it costs on that side. Isn't um, isn't this much more advantageous to the owners to give a little ground on the pre-art pool? Yeah, that's probably why to an extent you've already seen them uh, agree on this concept, right? It, it's it's kind of the one notable area where there's something new that's going to be introduced to the sport, maybe I guess outside of the expanded postseason and universal DH, uh, where, where there's a little bit of sense of not fun, finality. I mean, things could still fall apart on this topic, but both sides like the framework. Um, I think both both sides are clear-eyed about the dollar value. I, I don't think the players or the owners are unaware that the the amount of money that would go into this pre-arbitration bonus pool, whatever it, it ends up being, might be minimal or small in comparison to the CBT. And, and if you look at the way the CBT proposals have gone, they're not moving much. And, and, I, and that's probably because you're right. The stakes are higher. And you know, if you want to kind of knock down the pre-arbitration bonus pool, um, probably it's still the case. I think definitely it's still the case that so you're still going to have plenty of young players who are well overperforming their salary, even, even sure. if you account for what they're going to get uh, in this new money. Um, but look, you know, I think, I think for the players, the fact that there's some amount of new money coming to them is, is going to be a win no matter what. That's going to be something they're going to tout. But if it is only 15 or $20 million, it's yeah, you're right. Per, per team, not a lot of money. What's the, um, uh, what's the sense of unity amongst the owners? Because that's a more disparate group uh, and they don't speak as frequently as the players do because the players, you know, have social media accounts. And I'll get into that aspect of it in a little bit, but uh, it seems, it seems that the small market teams are the ones that are going to care more about the competitive balance threshold tax threshold because you know, luxury tax for, you know, for people who are unaware of what CBT means, um, you know, that's designed to keep the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers from outspending everybody. So the, there are plenty of other teams that care more about that than the teams that are actually going to bump up against it and perhaps uh, spend more. Um, but the smaller market teams are also the ones that are going to be hurt if there are games missed here because of the lost revenue. So are the owners as united as they need to be on that front? The hardest thing I've said this, you know, over the last couple of years, I've been doing this beat. It, it is consistently true that the hardest thing to really confidently consistently talk about is the owner's feelings and those ownership dynamics. It, it comes out in drips and drabs. You get slices of it at times, uh, you know, during the restart of the pandemic. Uh, it just it just pops into my head that people it, Artie Moreno was was considered to be one of the hawks at that point. But it. It's it's a hard thing to consistently identify. Um, the sense I do get, and certainly the sense they are projecting, right? And they would want to project this, so you have to kind of take it with in that context. Is that they are, you know, compared to 1994, 95, uh, when owners were really at each other's throats, particularly the large market and the small market divisions, that they are more unified, and, and that there is a larger sense now compared to 25 years ago of. Uh, doing what is good for all of them. Just for example, one of the leagues, I think it was the first proposal the league made uh, on core topics back in August was to put in a floor in the sport at a hundred million, but uh, lower the first luxury tax level to 180, right? It's 210 right now. That's a really big drop. And that hurts the Red Sox and the Yankees. But you also had on the, the, 
the commissioner has seven owners on a labor committee, right? So these are the owners who are kind of really getting their hands dirty with all of the CBA stuff and all the proposals. Two of the owners on that uh, committee are John Henry of the Red Sox and Hal Steinbrenner of the Yankees, right? So you have these big market owners who are signing on to the idea of lowering the luxury tax, which is, which is, Look, I, I don't think it's a stretch to, to say that George Steinbrenner would never want to give away that advantage um, of being able to outspend everybody. But I think these big market owners are, are pretty clear eyed that, look, if, if we can limit spending over time, we're just going to make more money. These owners like making money. Um, yeah. And, and what, one of the things, you, you know, that that is an interesting wrinkle to this, both sides the players and the owners, incredibly competitive people, um, you know, and, and uh, it, there's, there's kind of a longer term, I don't know if spiritual elements, the right one here, but yeah, do, you know, I don't think the owners would mind um, hurting the spirit of the, of the players in the union. I, I don't think, you know, you want to send a long-term message. And I think the same is true in the other direction that the players, you haven't had a work stoppage in baseball in 25 years, that the players want to send a message that look, we're, we're still strong and you're not going to put us around. Um, so, you know, there's more at stake than just the large market, small market dynamics, but those are always there. You know, the small markets and large markets always do have disparate interests. As you say, that's not to be discounted. Uh, it just might not be quite as important as it was 25 years ago, but we'll see. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I'm glad you brought up that first proposal because there's a point about that after you know talking to a number of people about it that um, I feel is kind of important. I want to see if you're reading this the same way. Um, you know that didn't they made a big deal about saying that that passed that committee unanimously with the seven or eight owners on this on the the, the committee, and they said it was unanimous, which included as you said Hal Steinbrenner and John Henry. And the immediate reaction from fans was, look, these guys want to lower the tax threshold. They don't want to spend as much money. And after mm-hmm. talking to people about it and, and kind of analyzing a little bit, it, it occurred to me that that could have passed without their votes. It could have passed that committee. It was never going to get past the union. And they all knew that. Right. But it did display unity, which is a big thing here, going into a negotiation between 
the disparate groups of owners that the Red Sox and Yankees had the same interests as the other teams because they agreed to this proposal. Although truth be told, they would they'd be perfectly fine if you raise the tax threshold by $30 million and let them outspend everybody and do what they did because they still make a ton of money. Yeah. Um, it was to me, it, it felt like that was a show of unity more than a show of, oh, yes, please, let's lower luxury tax thresholds so we can be more competitive with those other teams. Now, I would agree with that. I, I, I think, well, I, maybe I'd like to think, I, maybe I'd <laughs> like to think that uh, the Red Sox and the Yankees, that if they were given autonomy and could make do these things on their own, would still want to be able to outspend their rivals. I, I, I got to believe that, that they enjoy that advantage and that that competitiveness that certainly both those franchises have, have exhibited over time has not totally disappeared. I mean, you look at the Red Sox more than the Yankees. Well, uh, both both franchises, frankly, I think you could you could point this out about you know they're not spending the way they used to, right? They're they're not engaging in the arm. They're they're always toward the top, but they're not um, consistently one upping and pushing each other the way they were, you know, in the time of competing for a rod, right? And and who's going to be able to afford him? And and and, and frankly, I think uh, you know there, there are people not to go too far off off tan- on a tangent here, but there are people who who want baseball to have a salary cap because of the parity that they think it would bring in all these things. I actually think baseball is much more interesting when you have teams that can outspend the others yeah. and there are villains and there are, you know, the Yankees are the evil ones and, and the, the little small market teams are the good ones. Uh, there are extremes of that that are bad for the sport, but I don't think you want every team to have identical pay just from a competitive enjoyment perspective in the sport. Yeah. I don't think that's interesting to me. That's yeah. just me. Oh, listen, Evan, I've, I've argued plenty of times that, you know, what do people talk about when they talk about the glory days of sports? All they ever do is talk about the dynasties, you know, in yeah. every sport, you know, Celtics, Lakers, Steelers, Packers, you know, Yankees, everything, you know, it goes back to you know, UCLA, college basketball. You're talking about you, you want to watch sports to watch greatness and greatness is defined by multiple championships. When you talk about the Patriots or the 49ers or any other football dynasty you want, nobody talks about, you know, greatness being everybody wins every other year. There's, you know, you want to greatness is measured by multiple championships. And that's what we always talk about when we talk about the, the great eras in the sport or the great teams of the sport. So why are we trying to destroy it? I mean, there's nothing that says everybody has to win, but baseball has a better record over the course of the last 20 years of producing more participants in their final round than the other teams. Um, And those other teams have salary caps, harder caps. So, uh, I don't see the great desi- I don't see the the this great disparity in baseball in in you know there's a difference between competitive balance and competitive integrity and yeah. you know I, I I think baseball is flirting with the competitive integrity with all the tanking that is obviously another issue that the players and owners are dealing with this time around. Yeah, well, and in in a way, they're kind of birds of the same feather. You know, I covered the Astros up close. I wasn't there for the hundred loss yeah. seasons, but I came in right after the hundred loss seasons, and I and I, you know, I've spent a lot of time thinking and writing about what what they undertook there. Um, it, it, the act of trying is important, uh, you know, and and I, I have pretty strong feelings on tanking in that I think it's I think it's a con. I think it's a grift. It it is uh, owners saying to fans that. Instead of me, the owner, having to spend, 
to improve my roster and improve my product. I'm going to take the cheapest route available. The cheapest route is developing through your farm system. And every team has to develop through its farm system to some extent, right? That, that, that's understood. Um, but you're basically saying, I don't have to spend any money for two, three, four years. It, 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 and when I step back and think about it, it's ridiculous. You have people who, who look at that and go, this is great. Yeah. No, the, the owner should be totally let off the hook. Uh, and I should, I should be miserable as a fan and watch a terrible product right. um, for a number of years. And then, of course, you know, when they get good, everybody can, can remember how bad the, the, uh, the down years were. Well, the down years were self-inflicted because your owner was cheap. You know, it, it's really um, I, I'm not I'm not a fan of tanking. And I, I think it goes back to the same idea of, you know, you want people to try. It is fun when teams go out and yeah. try when the Yankees try to outdo the Red Sox. Or even if you're a small market team and you're trying to add a, you know, why did Chris Benson pop into my head? Right. But whatever. But, you know, some some <laughs> middle of the rotation pitcher yeah. um, that you, you want to think of that. That's that's what you want. You don't want I, I don't want to watch a farm system grow over four to five years. I've been there, done that. Yeah. And, and the players in the field are still tasked with trying to win that day. But there are fewer tools being provided for them to win that day. And that's where the disparity comes in a little bit. Um, the players are, have been very vocal on social media, um, which is a new wrinkle in this labor agreement. The owners are invisible on social media and probably good for them because, you know, who knows what would be sent their way. Um, do you think this is helping at all? The perception of, of, you know, what the players want, who they are. Um, how are you viewing? Cause I know, you, I mean, you're doing what I do every day. You're, I mean, you're scrolling along and you're trying to follow along and seeing what people say. Um, how do you think that this is uh, affected what we're seeing right now? I, I think in some way the players haven't really scratched the surface of it. You know, you've seen a little bit of um, them using a hashtag at the table that was within the last week or so um, trying to, you know, right after MLB tried to move for me federal mediation and the players didn't want it trying to say, MLB, get back to the table. We'll meet you at the table. Um, you know, what I've found in my years, and it's a little bit out of context, but I think is indicative of how much power the players have, you know, take, for example, if, if players get angry at media and they've gotten angry at me and they've gotten angry at tons of people, right? When you see, when you have those moments, what fans react to is what the player is saying in a way I don't want to get imbue too much power on the players because there are limits to it, but the fans love these players. And if the player says something, people pay attention, particularly the big name players. Um, it, it doesn't always matter if they're right or wrong. It's just uh, if, if XYZ star player says something, you are going to see fans jump. Uh, and that's a power these owners don't have. Uh, it, it, arguably it's a power that, some in the media don't have, uh, maybe most in the media don't have the, the individual platform that these star players have is really powerful. Uh, and you know, no one's said anything to me about this, but just intuitively as this kind of comes to a close and, and not that we're there yet, but as we get into real crunch time and we're arriving there, I imagine you're going to see the players using their every bit of leverage they can. And that would include the, the public pressure element. All right, so you mentioned crunch time and um, I mean, yeah, you're right. We're kind of almost there. And if we're going to get four weeks of spring training as, as the, the owners say that is, is basically the minimum we're going to get at this point. 
you've got about 10 days to knock this out. And realistically, if you want to play 162 games still, you probably have slightly more than that. Let's say two and a half weeks before you really have to start figuring, okay, they're going to have to start knocking games off the full schedule. Um, so given that rough time frame, um, really, Evan, I'll just close with this. Do you think that they're going to end up playing 162? And I know I'm asking you to read a lot into everything and see the future. And I hate when people ask me to do that too. But, you know, as we're getting up against this here, do you think 162 will be played? I do not think 162 will be played. Uh, and, and, you know, in a way, if you just step back and start to weigh, well, what, what evidence do we have at this point that they could possibly uh, get a deal done. You, basically, you'd be hanging your hat on the hopes that one or both sides really drastically changes its position, that there's some major breakthrough as opposed to kind of this slow whittling away at the proposals that we've had so far. And so, you know, absent any indication that's about to happen, they're thinking about it, that, that, that it isn't, has indeed happened at the table. There's just no reason to convince yourself that all of a sudden, you know, something's going to flip at some point they will get a deal done and maybe there will be, you know, kind of a, a, a rapid increase in, in conversations and movement. I think that's inevitable, but I, we're not there yet. And the gap in, on, on so many of these issues is so large. Um, and, and you think about how much money, like, like we were talking about a little earlier, the, the amount of kind of the philosophical elements that are at stake, the, uh, the players wanting to show their resolve to the owners, the owners wanting to maybe crush is a strong word, but that there is some on the player side who think that's exactly what the league is doing, that they're trying to crush the players uh, and, and, and this kind of the spirit of the union. Um, and then you have proposals that are worth, you know, in totality between them all. You know, these are hundreds of millions at, at the least, right? I, I don't know if it, if it ends up being. A, so when you, when you have that much on the line, what's a few games in April, what's it, right? It, 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 it really doesn't, start to move the needle, I think, until, and this is why I think we're headed for missed games, until you miss a lot of games or, or a medium number of games, and then you know both sides start to feel pain, and that, put, that pushes them to a point where they say, okay, how much more can we tolerate? Evan Drellick is part of a fabulous team at The Athletic. Uh, go ahead and subscribe. You won't be disappointed. Ken Rosenthal, Jason Stark, um, many others uh, on board covering this whole mess. And when there are games finally being played, they cover those very well, too. I won't lie to you. Those are, those, those are real events. You guys do a pretty good job with, too, Evan. So a little pat on the back for you there. Listen, thanks for uh, breaking this down for us. Hopefully there's more good news at some point here. Evan Drellick from The Athletic. Make sure you go check out their stuff. Uh, this is WFAN's Baseball Insiders. Check us out at Odyssey, Apple Podcasts. Subscribe and review and all that jazz. Until next time, I'm Sweeney Murdy. Thanks for listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 